Simmerdown Sports Talk is back again in July, this time with episode 57. And we're going to be talking about the state of the running back position today in the National Football League because it has never been more controversial than it is right now. And we're also going to talk about the top 10 teams that need to bring back some old logos across the three main sports that we cover on this channel. So uh, real quick, though, we saw some new uniforms recently get dropped in the NFL. And we saw some good ones, and we saw one not-so-great one. Um, the Colts introduced their Indiana Knights uniforms. You could argue this is clown of the week, but uh, I don't think they're that bad. But, you know, Finn, Finn wasn't quite a fan, to say the least. Finn, what, what were your thoughts on these ones? I, I just – I don't really like the colorway. Like, you know, I, I've noticed there's been a few NFL teams that have done this where they'll go for – like a color rush uniform basically. And then like the one part of the uniform that's not the same color as the helmet, which is doesn't really make any sense to me. Like if you look at these uniforms, right, you're kind of like, why are they blue? And then the rest of them are like the helmets black. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. I, I just think it's bad. It's, it's this weird movement where teams are trying to just introduce a black helmet to introduce a black helmet because they can now. Uh, Cause it's something that a lot of teams have not been able to do for a long time. And it's kind of almost as bad as Adidas when they had NBA control of the NBA uniforms uh, way back then, trying to give every team a gray alternate that really did not need it. And it, this feels a lot like that. So yeah, it was just, it was a very, very plain, nothing really crazy or exciting about the uniform. It's just kind of all blue. And they did, they did some stripes a little different on the sides and, you know, you got a little alternate logo um, on the helmet or whatever. And it just, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't anything special. But there were some really nice ones. The Browns going all white with those 1946 throwback uniforms. Now, that's clean. That's going to look good on prime time. It's going to make Deshaun Watson look a lot better than he really is. So, I, uh, I am all for that one, 100%. Um, we also saw the Jets drop today. They're white throwbacks. And those are pretty solid. I wish I'd would have seen a little bit more details on those, like maybe a little more of inclusion of the jets, like playing lo the jet logo somewhere on the, on the shoulders or, you know, somewhere else on the uniform. Uh, but overall is a sol solid throwback, solid, solid New Jersey. And, but definitely I think the winner of the bunch right now is that Tennessee Titan Houston Oiler throwback Jersey. That is one of those ones where you saw the mock-up on Instagram and or Twitter, wherever, and it actually came to reality. It's one of, one of the rare victories that we get, you know. So that, that, that one is very, very pleasing to the eye, and I can't wait to see that one. Uh, Titans got to wear that one at least three times a year. Really, that was your favorite uniform? For me, I think it was the Seahawks. Like, I just I, – I, I did like the Tennessee Titans Oiler uniform, but it also isn't Tennessee. It's Houston. And technically, Houston should have been the one that had the opportunity to, to bring back the Euler uniform. It just makes more sense for, like, the fact that, you know, there's more oil in Texas than Tennessee, I guess. But uh, I, I, regardless of that, I, I, you know, I do think that the, the Seahawks uniform for me was just so clean. And, and, I, and I think, you know, the Seahawks already with their current uniforms kind of have that, you know, 
2012, 2013 type of vibe that everybody loved back then, but, you know, it was kind of outdated, like kind of that futuristic, you know, Nike pro combat era type of uniform. And I just feel like that, that new kind of silver helmet, you know, blue, like the, the older, like classic blue uh, Jersey, it just, everything about it is perfect. Like, I think it might be the best uniform in the NFL right now. Okay, that I think that's a maybe an overstatement. It is a great combination of colors. It's very balanced. Definitely a win in the throwback department for sure. One of the best throwbacks I think we've seen in a minute. Uh, but that that eye on the the eye of the Seahawk is a little crazy looking to me. Kind of kind of feels like it's staring at me. But other than like that, it. it 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 is a nice uniform. I, I will admit. Forgot to mention those, but those are were also a that that's also a win for Seattle. So can't wait to see those on the field. Seahawks got to wear those three times a year. And they had to drop the gray alternate uniform in the process to have their four uniform lineup. So Stupid overall, NFL. yeah, it, it, I thought that was a win. Um, but I just think that rule in the NFL is so dumb because it's, I mean, we've seen college football programs run out a lot of different uniforms. And I think, I think the NFL should just be the same way where it's like, if some teams want to run out more uniforms, they can. And you might see a team like the Falcons or, you know, the Jets or someone like that do it more often than maybe one of the more classic teams like the Packers or the Cowboys. But I still think like it should, there shouldn't be a limit on how many uniforms the NFL can do. Because if you look at European soccer, for, for example, you find that every single year European clubs change their Jersey. And I think it'd be kind of interesting to, to see the NFL do that because at some level, why would you not? I mean, the European soccer clubs make so much money off the fact that they change the Jersey every year. Fans are going to buy a new different type of Jersey. It's something they can look forward to. It's, you know, kind of a new season, so to speak. I'm not saying the NFL has to go to that extreme, but it would be kind of interesting to see them start doing that. I think you're starting to see that in the NBA for sure. From, from a Jersey sales standpoint. Yeah. That would make a ton of sense. Cause anytime a player changes their number, how many, how much money are these teams making off those Jersey sales? So that, that would make sense. It would be very, uh, in line with the NFL uh, values for them to do that. But at the same time, more jerseys, more problems. I mean, I, I think we've seen some pretty bad ones, uh, you know, from Nike. Uh, and Nike is probably the best supplier and maker of uniforms. And they, they still have had some 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 pretty bad ones. So, you know, I, I don't know if you necessarily need more than four. I think they could bump the number up to like five, you know, or maybe six, whatever. Uh, but if you, if you get a little too crazy, some bad things can happen for sure. So. Uh, I, I don't know about that one. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I think I think I think it definitely would be pretty cool to see the NFL start to roll out more jerseys, put less limits on it. You know, give give some NFL teams some some wiggle room and in, in, in what they can do from a marketing perspective, because there's a lot of money to be made here. Surprisingly, we want that. And that being said, we gotta move to Clown of the Week really quick. And all I put here is Xander Bogart. So Finn, you might be asking yourself. Why is Xander Bogarts here on this list? And I sent you these pictures. I want you to look at look at the picture here from this game against the Mets. Tell me what you t- tell me what you see about Xander Bogarts that looks a little off in this picture. Uh, hmm. So this is July seventh, Friday night, City Connect game versus the Mets. Um, oh, he's Padres. wearing the brown. He's wearing the brown socks. There you go. Yeah, that is that is it. <laughs> He is wearing brown socks with the Padres, you know, Baja Vice City color uniforms. Looks absolutely horrible. 
the only guy that didn't get the memo. I mean, the drop off in his saw game is very similar to his 2023 season, so it makes sense. But still, this is just tough. Sure. And uh, yeah, that, this was not a great look on on Friday night. This was not, you know, this did not go with the uh, the atmosphere of Friday night home games uh, on City Connect night. So, yeah, clown of the week there for you. Um, that that's not a good look. <laughs> it is not. And uh, yeah, I, I might have to post these somewhere so everybody else can see because we are not a YouTube show yet. But yeah, th- th- it was it was atrocious. But th- that being said. Let's move on down to our next segment. And we're going to be talking about the state of the running back position with Saquon Barkley's recent comments on a podcast, talking about how he might have to be not the best teammate in order to, you know, conduct business. And at the end of the day, the league is a business. Uh, I think we forget, though, that Saquon Barkley, when he was coming out, he was the quote unquote perfect running back prospect. Like you look at these combine numbers, absolutely insane. Um, especially for his size. And so he was the former num- number two overall pick for a reason back in 2018. He was drafted by a different GM, and there was also a different philosophy from the head coach at that time. Uh, so th- it's understandable that he's not necessarily getting treated the best, but he was still a team captain by his second season in the league. He was a Walter Payton Award nominee. You know, and Brian Dable's first season with the team last year, he had a career best 1,312 yards on the ground and 10 touchdowns to go along with that. His second best of his mark of his career on touchdowns. And the Giants were 6-2 and two in games where he rushed for 80 or more yards. And Daniel Jones last season, well, he wasn't the difference. He was he just had 15 touchdowns to five interceptions um, and only like 3,200 yards. So I, I, if you said Daniel Jones is winning the Giants games, like I'd kind of beg to differ. I, if anything, he just took care of the football, really. And uh, Brian Dable took took made sure he kind of matured a little bit as a quarterback last season and reduced a lot of those bad decisions. Uh, but and you take out take let's take out the 2020 season when he tore his ACL week two. He's only really missed three games in 2019. He missed three games in 2021, and one of those is due to COVID. So it's like basically really only missed five games, and didn't play week 18 last season versus at Philadelphia because the Giants were just resting starters because they were already locked into that sixth seed in the playoff picture. So really, you know, I mean, 20, you, every, and everybody tears their ACL. So I think he is durable. I don't think he's necessarily injury prone. He's had some bad luck, I feel like. And I think you could argue, is there a running back more valuable to his team's success right now than Saquon? Um, outside of Derrick Henry, who is making 12 and a half million, I'm going to say the answer is no. Uh, and look at you look at this highest paid running backs list here. I, I put the top 10 here and I put their ages next to their names uh, to help kind of get a sense of the running back position here around the league. And you have McCaffrey on the Niners. The Niners obviously invested a lot of money in him. Uh, I mean, a lot of assets and when they traded for him and he's 27 years old, um, he's still making 16 million a year and he got a second contract just fine. Uh, look at Kamara on the Saints. He he meant a lot when Drew Brees was declining. He got paid. Um, he got to see that second contract. But he's 28 now, and now he's facing some legal trouble, so we don't really know what it's going to look like for him this season. Uh, I don't know if I expect him to make much money after this season. Uh, don't I don't know if he's going to be able to finish out that contract. And then you look at Derrick Henry on the Titans. He was only able to get $12.5 million for as dominant as he's been. As He's probably one of, he's one of the greatest Titans of all time. And... He was not able to get a ton of money. And then you look at, despite how valuable he is to the Titans and their identity, especially on offense, 
And then you look at Cleveland with Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb's actually already 27 years old. Um, and he got a three-year, $36 million extension about. So he's making $12.2 million a year. And then you look at Joe Mixon on the Bengals. He is 27, and he's making $12 million a year. You have Aaron Jones on the Packers. He's making $11.5 million. He's 28. I feel like this could be maybe his last year in Green Bay because they like to just invest money in, in, you know, different in their own ways. And then you have Tony Pollard on the Cowboys who just got franchise tag. They were actually very hesitant to give him a long-term contract. And he actually signed the tag. So he's going to be 26, making 10.1 million this year. Two other running backs also got tagged this year. One of them being Saquon. And obviously he did not sign his tag yet. And, Josh Jacobs on the Raiders. He's making 20, he's 25, making 10.1 on, on the tag. And he did not sign either. He is with Saquon on this issue. And with Monday's deadline, July, I think 17th was the deadline, uh, came and went. We're not able to get a deal done with their teams long term. And now you have all these guys um, trying to get more money. And, and it's, a, it's a tough business. Look at so, Finn, do you know who the NFL league leader in total touchdowns was in 2021 and 2022? I want to say it's Austin Eckler. He had 12 more than the next closest player. And, yes, it is Austin Eckler. Good guess. And I know that because I won my fantasy league thanks to Austin Eckler. As you know pretty well, too, actually. So uh, I do, unfortunately, know that a little too well. Um, I, 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 sh- I should have never passed on Austin Eckler. One of my biggest regrets in fantasy. And that being said, Austin Eckler, you know how much he was able to command? $6.1 million for this season. Uh, well, his cap hit is technically nine point one, But the guy can't even get franchise tag money for all he is doing for the Chargers in that offense. It's insane what what is going on right now. Uh, I think these running backs should. It, it's it, it's going to be. It's an elite group. I think of guys that deserve to get paid this much money, like at upper echelon money. But these guys should get paid. Those top guys really should get paid. I think. And the fact that they're not getting paid, I think, is a little bit ridiculous. Obviously, age comes into it. Um, the amount of carries, you know, the wear on the tires comes into comes into play for sure, and it's totally relevant. But some of these guys, like the offense is just not the same without them. And they're very dependent on running the football. You need to have these guys there and you, you should not be able to pay them as little as some of these teams are. And it's kind of unfortunate because there's a new collective collective bargaining agreement back in 2020 that was passed and uh, didn't change anything about the running back position in terms of their rookie contract. So they still get, you know, basically five years that last year being, you know, team option. But most teams, if it's if it's an elite running back, yeah, you're gonna take that because you get the running back at a discount still, and then you get to franchise franchise tag him twice if you want, usually once, sometimes twice, um, and then you basically get to throw him away and start start again with a new fresh running back and not have to pay him a single thing, and the cycle would just continue. So I think it's just ridiculous the way these guys are being treated right now, and the collective bargaining agreement totally failed them. Um, they should have argued for, you know, shorter contract, rookie contracts for these running backs. And then, therefore, they can open up the negotiations a lot sooner because they hit their primes a lot sooner. Um, and so it's just really unfair, I think. And it, it's a tough scene to watch, especially when you take a guy like Saquon, one of the nicest guys, I think, probably in the NFL, Walter Payton, you know, award nominee. 
and he's saying things like he's going to have to say F you to his teammates and his coaches uh, if that's what it takes, you know, potentially. And he doesn't want to do it, but he, he might, he said he might have to. So that's the, that's the kind of, that's the state of the running back position right now in the NFL. It's a sad, sad reality, Finn. Yeah, I think, I think the one thing I'll say as a Giants fan is that I, I first off want to say to Saquon, uh, even though he's not listening to this, uh, thank you. I mean, he's been, he's been an unbelievable player for our team. I think he's been the sort of star of this franchise the last three, four years, even, you know, having a few injury problems along the way. But, I mean, when you look at our offense last year, we really didn't click unless he was playing. If you look at Daniel Jones's numbers when Saquon Barkley was playing, they're a lot better than when he wasn't playing. And I think it's important to remember that, especially as, as a Giants fan, because we are in a position right now where should we pay the guy? Yeah, we totally should. But we're not. And I also can see the flip side of that as well. And I know that may not make any sense. And again, that's why I wanted to thank Saquon Barkley for everything he's done for this franchise. But at the same time, this franchise has no, they really have no obligation to pay him. They just signed James Robinson to a, a one-year contract or a two-year contract. It might've been one or two, but regardless, they got a decent running back for not that much money that is serviceable for a year. And as much as I love Saquon Barkley in this offense, as much as I think that he helps Daniel Jones, as much as I think that simply the team is better with him in it, it's tough to evaluate whether or not he's worth that 13, $14 million he wants given his injury history. And if we look at a lot of Saquon's uh, or sorry, Daniel Jones's numbers, when Saquon wasn't playing, it's partially because Saquon was injured and obviously he wasn't injured last year. So those numbers are a little bit inflated. The fact Brian Dable's in there obviously has a lot to do with how Daniel Jones has improved and his development as a quarterback. And so as a Giants fan, even I am kind of sitting there going, okay, you want to hold out, hold out, right? I mean, Le'Veon Bell did it, and look how that turned out. He just came out a few weeks ago and said that he regretted it. And I think Saquon Barkley has every right to be demanding the money he wants, but at the same time, if I'm the Giants, there's no reason to give it to him. From a financial standpoint, it does not make any good sense to pay this man the money, the money he wants. The chances that he gets injured again post the age of 26 of a running back is high. We even saw guys like LaDainian Tomlinson, who were staples in the league for years for teams like the Chargers, really fall off a cliff after the age of 27, 28. And as a Giants organization, you have to sit there and go, okay, is it worth paying this guy a lot of money that's going to eat into our cap space for potential productivity for three years at most, whereas we can sign a guy for, you know, 60, 70% less than we would for than we, we, we would sign Saquon for and get maybe similar production, maybe not the same production, but similar production. And so I, it's sad as a Giants fan to have to kind of say, you know, I actually don't really know if he's worth the money he's asking for. Because if you look at this running back market, yes, you know, you see Christian McCaffrey topping out at 16 million. You see Derek Henry at 12 million. You see Kamara at 15 million. You see Nick Chubb at 12 million. All these guys make really good money, but Chubb, McCaffrey, Henry, Kamara, maybe outside of McCaffrey a little bit with his injury history, but a lot of those guys have not had similar injury history in the NFL compared to Saquon Barkley. And so 
I think that there it comes down to an issue for the Giants of whether or not they believe he can stay healthy. And I think what you're seeing with the Giants is that they don't know for sure if they can if they believe he's going to be healthy or not. So I have to say I'm not always a big fan of Giants management. I think they've done a terrible job over the last 10 years putting this football team in a good position to win. But with the recent change, change in heads, with Brian Dable as the head coach, they probably feel like that they can insert another guy into that offensive scheme and be just as successful. And if that's what they believe, if that's what they think, and it's going to save cap space, I'd have to say as a fan, I can't necessarily disagree with that because we could put this $15 million into a position such as cornerback, into edge rusher, into offensive line. And the reality with today's NFL is that the running back is not as valuable as it used to be. This is not 2006. This is 2023. And the NFL running back is not the same player that they used to be. They don't dominate the offensive scheming like they used to be. And that's because we've turned into an air raid league that emphasizes pass protection, edge rushers, and wide receivers and quarterbacks. And if you're going to go into a league like with that type of situation, you need to be able to have cornerbacks that you can pay a lot of money to. You need wide receivers you can pay a lot of money to. You need edge rushers, offensive line, quarterbacks, and blah, 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 blah. You need all those guys that you need to pay money for. But those are 10 positions higher on the totem pole than running back. And so unfortunately, I think for, for Saquon Barkley, I know I'm ranting here, but unfortunately for some Saquon Barkley, I mean, it sucks. I, I was so happy when they picked him. But given the injury history, given that he had a great year last year, it's a hard it's a hard decision to make, but I think the best decision for the Giants is to not pay him. I mean, so he he's 26 years old, right? And it's still somewhat young, not not quite as young as Josh Jacobs, but still young. And if you're willing to commit to Daniel Jones, especially at 40 million a year, a guy that needs a running game, how are you not committing to Saquon Barkley then? I think that's it seems like a double standard in that. Well, regard. I. Look, I, I think the problem the Giants had with Daniel Jones is that it was really a it was really a situation of do we keep what, the guy that, that we know, or do we take a risk on a on a young quarterback? They could have easily traded up in the draft. They could have easily done something to put them in a position to get a, a younger quarterback in the fold. But they clearly didn't see anybody they liked. And I think as much as I'm not a fan of the Daniel Jones contract, I do think he's played well. He won us a playoff game. Is he going to do that again? I don't know, but but was it a smart move to sign him and to not take the risk of, of of signing someone else that could potentially be or drafting someone else that could potentially be you know a coin flip on whether or not they're good? I think it made more sense to sign Daniel Jones long term because the quarterback is a more important position, and I think with Saquon Barkley, yes, he's twenty six, he's probably got two three years left of playing really well, but in this day and age, I think a lot of NFL teams have realized that ru running backs are no better than their rookie contracts. And so you really just have to get a guy in the draft that you like, play him out on his rookie contract and then let him walk. And, and, and I think you're going to even see this with the Falcons with B. John Robinson. If B. John Robinson becomes an all pro, you're going to see in four or five years, he's not going to be a Falcon. And if he is, he's taking a, he's not taking a big contract. I think the days of running backs being the center point of the league is over and they're not going to be getting these big contracts anymore is because a lot of NFL coaches have realized 
that you can basically take any decent running back in college that has hands and some route running ability and make them pretty good. I mean, we saw that with the Chiefs this year with Isaiah Pacheco. Isaiah Pacheco was a six-round pick and was essentially one of the main reasons the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. So I, I, I think when you have that continuously happen over and over and over again, and we've seen it, and I think, you know, you can maybe even say that the Patriots were some of the, you know, were one of the first teams to really show that you didn't need a star running back to be successful. A lot of teams have followed suit. And I think it's, I think in this day and age, you just don't really need to pay a guy a lot of money to be good in the backfield, especially if you have a running quarterback as well. You know, and I think it's also kind of interesting because you could save yourself like the, the Giants, do, do they think Brian Dale was just so good of a head coach that he's going to be able to take whatever they give him, basically, and he's going to make it work? Like, yeah, maybe, potentially. But I think you also got to remember, like, he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback, and he just can, you know, do whatever the hell he wants with Patrick Mahomes, and they, those two can figure it out. No, he's got Daniel Jones. Like, it's they got to have a reality check at some point. So you might as well save yourself a draft pick with a team that still has plenty of holes. Uh, it's not. It's very far from a perfect team. And Daniel Jones, especially, does not have a great supporting cast already. And the one guy that was his absolute best friend there on that offense, in terms of, you know, getting scoring points and driving down the field. Why would you not save yourself a draft pick? Just bring back Barkley somehow, some way, figure it out, whatever the length of the contract is, and go from there. Like, I don't know if you're going to get Daniel Jones to play his best football. And you're not going to be able to maximize that offense with Brian Dable calling the plays and calling the shots if Saquon Barkley is not there. I just I I think it makes I don't think it makes any sense really at all. Um, so well, you have to remember James Robinson's a fairly good running back. I don't I, I mean we 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 were all surprised two two years ago when they took Travis Etienne. We were all kind of going why why take Travis Etienne if you're the Jaguars? Like you have James Robinson. Why why bother taking another guy? And I think, I think James Robinson's in a situation where, you know, he hasn't really been given a straight opportunity for in a team and he's proven that he can be pretty good. And I, I, I have to think, right. That if, if you're Saquon and you sit out, you're not really helping your case if James Robinson plays well, because again, the giants are in a position where it's like, if they suck without him, then yes, the New York media is going to be on them. It could be a big controversial situation. But the Giants must clearly feel like that that heat is worth taking because there's something going on here that for them, it doesn't make sense to have Saquon Barkley on a $15 million contract for three years and that being $15 million per year. So, I like, I, again, I, I just think if you're going to sign a guy like James Robinson, you know, if you're the Giants, it's like, you know, we don't really need you, Saquon. And, and, and I know that people don't like that. I know that people think that that's, that's wrong of the Giants to do, but that is the state of the NFL these days. The running back is just not as valuable as a lot of other positions. I, you could argue that it's maybe one of the least valuable. I would rather pay a kicker money over a running back in certain situations. Oh, my God. That be, Yeah, the average annual salary for kicker, I believe, might be higher at this point than the running back. There, were, I did see something about that, uh, which is just mind-boggling. I don't well, it makes know sense, how. right? I mean, they score more points for you, and they don't get injured as often. And having a valuable kicker can win you games. So, of course, you'd pay a guy a lot of money to do that. I mean, we've seen in the NFL if you don't have a good kicker, it can be the life and death of your season. Oh, definitely. You're a Charger fan. You know better than anybody that if you don't have a kicker, 
it can it can really kill you as a team. And I think a lot of NFL teams are realizing that there's a lot of value in positions, statistically backed, by the way. And there's essentially just being economical about it, where it's like, okay, statistically, what are the most valuable positions for us on the field? And whatever whatever data we gather from that, we're going to make our pay structure replicate that that those trends. That that to me makes perfect sense. And I and I think I think if if as a Giants fan, if you're really upset about it, I know it's not ideal, but from a financial, economical, and statistical standpoint, it might make a lot of sense to not sign them. Man, I just I find it really funny. The same GM that was willing to pay Danny Jones forty million also cannot pay Saquon refuses to pay him more than 10 million a year, whatever it is, his number is asking for. I'm guessing there's no way he's probably asking for 16, 15 million. I'm guessing he's probably asking along the lines of 12, you know, somewhere around that over under there, but it's just crazy. Like regardless of whatever his philosophy is, clearly his philosophy is to not pay the running back. I just don't think you're going to be able to afford to do that. I don't think you can afford to be picky in this situation with Daniel Jones. I just think it's going to be a bumpy road ahead. If you uh, choose to go this route without Saquon. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I could be eating my words. Again, would I love to have Saquon on the team? Yes, of course. But I also can understand a front office being hesitant, giving a guy who's 26, has a history of, of pretty bad season-ending injuries, a $15 million contract per, per one season, by the way. I mean, if we, they gave him a $3 million contract, I mean, that's – $45 million down the drain, potentially, if he's if he gets hurt. And if you're the Giants, you have to look, okay, like, he's been in the league for about four years now, if I'm right. I know I'm kind of guesstimating, but, I mean, he's been hurt for two of those years. And so it's like, you know, if we're going to go off history, then we may not be in the best situation if we sign him to a long-term deal. And again, this is like the thing with sitting out that I don't get is that I understand sitting out makes sense if you don't want to get injured again, if you don't want to hurt your value anymore. But Saquon also could have taken the 12 to $13 million they offered him last year. And he didn't do that. He had an opportunity to become one of the top three running backs, uh, top paid running backs in the NFL. And he declined it thinking he would be worth more money. And now I think we can have a debate about whether how weird it is that he had an excellent season and he's now worth less. But again, I think that ju- that's just attributed to the fact that we live in an era where the running back just isn't that valuable. And, and, and for people to be upset about that, that's just the nature of the league. I mean, the league always is constantly changing which position is valuable for itself. I think we're just in the era of air raid quarterbacks because off- offenses have realized in the NFL that if you – can throw the ball downfield and statistically get more yards more often than you can do that running the ball. You're going to do that more often. Like it's just, it's just simple math. And I'm not even a football guy. I don't even know plays. I don't know schemes that well, but like from a money ball perspective, right? Like why would you pay a running back? It doesn't make any sense. Okay. So if we start examining uh, how, how do we fix this situation then? Like where, where do we go from here? Well, so the NFL has a performance-based pay system already in effect. And basically, this helps adjust guys' salaries who outperformed what their current contract is, but whether they're getting paid, so I think mostly for guys that are getting paid so little because they were a late-round draft pick and have risen 
to becoming a, a, a high-level starter, and they've you know basically played the whole season for a team and whatever, right? So the number one benefactor of this system last season was Philadelphia Eagles safety Marcus Epps. He started all 17 games for the Eagles last season, quality starter, and he was set to make 900000 or 965000 in his base salary for 2022. And then the system kicks in. Performance-based pay system um, award, rewarded him with 880000 in bonus money. So basically doubled his salary because of his play. And that's the kind of system that we need to focus on the running back position, I think, now. Because this is money that doesn't count towards the team's salary cap and spending. So basically, this would not be on the Eagles' books. This is the NFL coming straight from the bank of the NFL, just being generous. So they need to take this system and figure out the running back position with this. If teams don't give their running backs a certain amount of money, whatever it is, if Saquon has another year where he puts up, like, let's say, 1,500 yards, He's second, second or first team All Pro. He should get like an extra three, four million, then like per season. It's, it's a per season basis. So I think that could easily fix all this drama, and then therefore you don't have running backs getting treated like this anymore. Or if they get kind of you know screwed in the negotiations and they have to settle for less money because it's all they can get from whatever team that hands out you know whatever they're asking for or however you know whatever their whatever the worst offer is. Basically, I think this will help make up for it, and I think this would make a ton of sense um, if this is adjusted for running backs because, I mean, I don't know how else you're going to fix it because the CBA is already set in stone for a while. Well, I mean, again, right, you have to assume our team's wrong for having the system in place they have right now. I don't know, but there's certainly, from a, from a general manager standpoint, there certainly is not a whole lot of reasons why you would be willing to pay a running back more than 10 million. I, I, I just don't see the point, right? Like again, what it's the same reason why guys don't draft running backs in the first round anymore. If there's less running backs being drafted in the first round, they're in value. Their value is already inherently going down from the start of their career. Why would it go up towards the later end of their career? I think what we're seeing in the NFL is just a simple situation of the running back is just a little bit on I don't want to say undervalued I personally think it's valued where it should be to a certain degree and again like if you're a GM right and you see a guy in the fourth or fifth round that you really like and think is really good and you draft him and you don't have to pay him that much money and you can put that money somewhere else somewhere else in your cap it's a win-win. I mean, I, I mean, how many teams have we seen this year? I mean, even Austin Eckler, right? Like he wasn't a first, he was undrafted. I mean, like there's, it's very easy for NFL teams to find value at the running back position, not in the first round. We, we spent 30 minutes in the spring debating whether the Falcons or anybody should draft B. John Robinson in the first 10 picks. I argued that it wasn't, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. I got why they did it, but it didn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I hope I don't get blurbed on that and I end up being wrong. But like, I mean, it, it, it's it, the reality is, is I just I think a lot of NFL teams are starting to realize that they don't they don't have a lot of reasons why they should pay a running back a lot of money. And that's yeah, just yeah. that's just fine. I mean, that's just the way the league is right now. That could change, right? If some running back has a massive breakout season and you know NFL teams can't stop them, no one can get film on them that that figures out how to how to shut them down, then 
yeah, maybe we will see the, the, the running back value go back up. But as of right now, the NFL clearly thinks that running backs have three to four year lifelines and they're not worth paying big money to because they can fall off a cliff. They're like power hitters in the MLB. You don't pay a massive contract to a power hitter at the Yankees, no matter how good you think they are and how good they could be in the future. I mean, obviously Aaron judge is a little bit different, but like, look at Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, like it's an ugly contract for a player that, that, you know, has a massive strikeout rate. Yeah. It, it, it reflects over a lot of different sports. I think, I think the NFL in many ways, also we forget how small NFL contracts are compared to most other sports. I mean, today Mbappe just got offered a $700 million oh, offer from Saudi Arabia. So, but I had to include the soccer. I couldn't help it. I had to include it. But again, we just we just don't see a lot of value in the, in the price of running backs. It's the same reason why in other sports, you know, strikers are more valuable than goalkeepers. Or, you know, in baseball, having a valuable first, you know, starter in your rotation is, is, is more important and, and worth putting more money into than having, you know, a good outfielder. I mean, it just like we see this replicate across a lot of different sports. And I think NFL running backs just have to realize that guys like Le'Veon Bell really hurt the market for them. They really ruined it for them in certain ways. I mean, there were just some irresponsible GMs, I think, but I, in terms of paying the running back, I think it comes down to who's your quarterback. What's the system. And I think there should be in the, at the end of the day, there should be some exceptions to the current standard of paying the running back in the NFL. There's some guys I think who, you know, beat that standard. And if Finn, you, I got last thing before we get out of here, I'm looking at the top 25 performance-based pay distributions for 2022. And out of the top 25 guys that benefited from this system that I, I mentioned, guess how many running backs are on this list? Just guess. I want to say, I want to say zero. Zero. You're, you're, in, you're in, correct. There's only one offensive skill position on this list and it's donovan people jones people's jones coming in at number 11 for the wide receiver for the browns he uh because because he was a starter for them for most of the season he got an extra seven hundred seventeen thousand. um but the, and there's a couple other skill positions not offensively though and that's that so i don't know how this system is not oriented at running backs it makes zero sense to me whatsoever and uh i, th- I think it's ridiculous but you know that's uh we're gonna have to see how this plays out. I really, I honestly would love to see a ton of these guys just boycott and hold out wow. until until something is changed because I think it's kind of insane how these guys could do so much for so little, like especially you know Austin Eckler. So I like the Chargers refused to give him an extra two million. He was just asking for two million a season, like on his, the last like what, like one or two years of his contract. Chargers didn't want to do that. Um, so I, I think it's just kind of crazy where the, the point that it has gotten to. Yeah. And before I get made out to be the villain, I get the other side of it. I do. Like in that case, the Chargers should pay up. But I also understand the economic constraint these NFL teams are in as well because of the cap space and that they have to be careful where they put their money. And that being said, we're not going to be able to get to the second half of the show that went way over. Um, and Finn's, Finn's got to get out of here. So we're going to wrap it up there, but a lot to look forward to next time. So thanks so much for tuning in. We will have this one. Uh, we will have more to, to come very shortly after this yeah, episode. I think we're next. I think the next episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about NBA expansion and how we're both salty that San Diego 
was left out. Yeah, that's a that's a dense topic. Um, <laughs> so that being said, yeah, we got we got to get out of here. So thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you guys very soon.